Hi, I'm Ellen Williams here with Rick Flynn and looking forward very much to talking about my new single today, World in Union. You're listening to Rick Flynn. With a shout out from London Town, it's Rick Flynn presents... Now, ladies and gentlemen, your MC for the affair, Rick Flynn. Well, everyone, welcome on in. It is an absolute delight to have you back with us again. Boy, what a good show we have got for you today. A young lady I am going to meet in just a moment for the very first time. I've never worked with her before. I hear nothing but spectacular things about Ellen Williams, who is what they call a classical crossover soprano. Yes, she sings soprano. She is a Welsh classical singer from Wales, and she is also what is known as a classical crossover soprano, which we're going to get into. But from the country of Wales, a lady you're going to be hearing a whole lot out of in the future. She has a brand new single. I'm going to talk about it. You're going to be able to go get it and listen to it actually for free. And we're going to talk about that because it is on her YouTube channel and the single is entitled World in Union. From our guest today on Rick Flynn Presents, her name is Ellen Williams. Ellen, come on in here and say hello to the world. Well, hello world and hello Rick. It's lovely to be speaking with you today and thank you for the lovely introduction. Oh, thank you for taking time out. Are you actually in the UK right now or are you home in Wales? Where are you located at the moment? I am, yes. I'm at home in Wales in the UK. Um, just next door to England. It's really not that far from London, to be honest, just two hours from London. But uh, we have our own language here in Wales and our own little culture. So, um, yes, I'm Welsh through and through and uh, yes, very proud of my, my growing up in Wales. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Now, there was a singer that I actually, I can't say I worked with him directly, but what I can tell you is that I performed as a DJ for him two times in a row and he was from Wales he used to be a bricklayer there and boy did he become very very popular over here in America as well as throughout the world too his name I'm sure you've heard of him his name was Tom Jones are you familiar with him <laughs> yes, he's a, a bit of a legend and uh, certainly one of our treasured uh, treasured performers from Wales, yes. Oh, he's the same absolutely. sort of generation as Dame Shirley Bassey as well from Wales and uh, we have some incredible performers from Wales and in the world of theatre as well, Catherine Zeta-Jones acting and yes, quite a few. So Shirley Bassey is from Wales as well? She is, yes. She comes from Tiger Bay. <laughs> oh, I did not know that. But I'll tell you where I first got acquainted with Shirley Bassey, as did a lot of people throughout the world. If you remember back in, oh, years ago, the James Bond movie, back when uh, Sean Connery played 
Bond, James Bond. Yeah. And the movie was called Goldfinger. And do you know who sang that title theme from the James Bond movie Goldfinger? Mm, wow. <laughs> Take a guess. She sang many of the themes, didn't she? I don't know if she uh, sang. I know as a fact she sang Goldfinger. That was the first I can recall. Goldfinger. Yes, and diamonds are forever. Oh, oh my! Now yes, you're now you're uh, educating me. <laughs> she, I think she's the the vocalist who, who's performed the most amount of times on a Bond theme tune. You know, and um, I did actually meet her once, and, and it's a moment I'll never forget. I performed for um, well, the Prince of Wales at the time, now King Charles III in Buckingham Palace, and afterwards I had a quick handshake with the King, but also was fortunate to meet Shirley Bassey very briefly, and. I'll never forget she complimented me on my dress because she has had some fantastic concert gowns over the years and you know some incredible outfits so um that was uh, my little moment of excitement there and it's something i'll never forget boy i'll tell you what you i have a new theme for you you can adopt this as your your new catchphrase that'll follow you wherever you go here it is classical music never looked this good that's what i say <laughs> ellenwilliams.co.uk my what an adorable looking singer from wales and i listened to an interview you did with the bbc yesterday and lo and behold what is the fa- it was a female dj and what does she want to know and you know what i don't blame the the gal i'm right with her i understand one of the first things out of her mouth oh Ellen, where do you get those dresses? Where do the where do the gowns come from? Where do you this is what she wants to know with this wonderful music out there. The DJ on the BBC Wales wants to know where the dresses come from. And you know what? I don't blame her. You're a class act, man. Well, it's become a little bit of my thing, it would appear, to wear concert gowns or ball gowns where you wouldn't expect to see them. I released a Christmas video this time last year for Oh Holy Night and uh, had a ball gown on top of one of our mountains here in Wales. And I have to tell you, it was the coldest I've ever been. We filmed in November, so it was ready to come out in December. And although a lot of Christmas stuff is recorded in the summer and it's nice and warm and you're usually too hot filming, but this was the coldest I've ever been. And we really had to select the scenes that didn't look too cold to make the final cut in the video. But um, even with World in Union, the video we recorded on a beautiful Welsh beach and there were people on the beach walking their dogs and having little bonfires or barbecues. And um, they had a free performance and enjoyed enjoyed us uh, recording the video. <laughs> right. I have heard you sing Oh Holy Night. It is on your YouTube channel. Oh, I listened to it yesterday. Uh-huh. Yes, ma'am, I did. Oh. And not only that, but I was present and in in there for your re- release party that you had of your new single World in Union. That just came out. And I was there for the, um, oh, I don't know what they call it, the grand reveal or whatever. You had that up on YouTube live. It was live. And I tried. Oh, yes. Yeah, it was there live. And I tried to get a hold of you then. I didn't know if that was you there or if that was somebody acting on your behalf. But I typed in my little message for you. And then as soon as the the single was out, the event was basically
basically over, and I never got a chance to speak with you until today. But I tried. Give me an A for effort, Ellen. Oh, A for effort. I mean, that's what happens with the premieres, I think, on YouTube. If you're there chatting in the moment, you can converse with people. But if even if your internet has a slight lag on it and their video finishes before your video, um, those comments will disappear, sadly. But um, I've done another sort of live event. I did a Facebook Live recently to announce the new single. And uh, it was really lovely to chat with people there. And they were sending in questions and I was answering. And it was um, just nice to get to know people a bit better. It is usually me responding on social media. And I love when people send me a message. And I try to get back to everybody because if people are connecting with the music I put out there, then that's what it's all about. And I love to hear that. Absolutely. Now, I want to tell everybody, Ellen, that if they go to YouTube, Ellen, E-L-L-E-N, Williams, that is your channel on YouTube. You are a Welsh classical singer. You have, oh, several thousand plus subscribers up there right now on YouTube. You have what I listened to yesterday, which I adored, which was the classic single for Christmas time, Oh Holy Night. You have Ave Maria up there, another standard. You have a James Bond theme up there, which I didn't even know you had until I I checked just a moment ago. And then what else is there? You redid the song that uh, Phil Collins had out where he dedicated that song to his daughter. And you redid it kind of in your own way. Oh, yes. That's one of my absolute favorite songs. I mean, it was written for the, the Disney film Tarzan. And even in the Disney film, I mean, it brings me to tears every time. Even still, it's so silly because Tarzan has to say goodbye to the mummy gorilla when you hear this song, when you hear You'll Be In My Heart. And even that gets me every time. But when you think of the real meaning when he wrote that song, Phil Collins was writing about his daughter, Lily. And um, it really is a beautiful song. Absolutely. I have had the honor honor of having Phil Collins with me on my terrestrial radio show, not here on the podcast, but on True FM radio here in the United States. Oh, wow. And when he walked in to to appear, he said, hi, I'm Phil. And I shook his hand and wished me happy birthday. It's my birthday. He had come on my show. We ended up calling it Phil Collins birthday party. I had no idea. Nobody told me the man was going to come in on his birthday. He was a gentleman. He was a wonderful human being. He told me all about the making of that song, which was on fire at that time. It was so hot that I can see it coming in the air tonight. You know the one in oh, the yes. air. He yes. told me about making that at his home. He told me the man is a class act, and I got so dejected when I heard that his health has not been where it ought to be lately. And my heart goes out to him because he certainly was a gentleman in my eyes. I miss having him on the show and I would absolutely invite him on any day of the week, any day. I love Phil Collins and I'm glad that you covered that song from the Disney Tarzan movie. Mm. Oh, absolutely. They say, don't they? They say, never meet your heroes. But I 
suspect it's very different when you meet Phil Collins. He genuinely is an exceptional man, it sounds like. Oh, definitely. And you know what? I have met others. I'm not going to call out names. That's not why I'm here. But there are some. (laughs) I'm kind of, well, (laughs) (laughs) I agree with that last statement you made. It would have been better to leave well enough alone. Yeah. But let's move forward, (laughs) ma'am. You did the classical. (laughs) Before I get in any trouble. All right. You did the classic uh, song, The Irish Tenors, uh, with a name like O'Flynn. Don't you dare think I've never heard the song, Oh, Danny Boy. And you did Danny Boy. You did, uh, I think you did a couple versions of Danny Boy that's up on your YouTube where the people can go hear them. Well, Danny Boy is, as you say, such a classic. And um, it's often done as quite a um, a sad song because, well, the words are rather sad, but I think there's another way of looking at it and there's a sort of a way that offers some hope at the end that um, Danny and the person singing will be together again one day and that's what I sort of hope to achieve in, in my rendition. It's slightly more uplifting than we're used to hearing and, and people seem to really relate to it and, and enjoy that song. When I released Danny Boy, it was a song that people sent in um, messages to me quite often saying, oh, thank you so much. This is a song that means a lot to them because it was played at, at funerals or at weddings or it's a song that um, we just love over here in the UK and I'm sure in the States as well. It's um, just a much loved treasured song. Absolutely. Now, the one song that you did, which is also a standard, and I'm going to take a wild guess, having never before interviewed you ever until right now, that you have sung your share in churches over there of the song Ave Maria. I'll bet you you have sung it on your rise to stardom. It was paved with Ave Marias along the way at various <laughs> churches. Am I right on that or no? Yes, you're very right. I mean, there's so many um, different versions of Ave Marias as well, and I, I love singing them all. I mean, the Schubert version, you've got Bach Guno, which I sang recently at the, the wedding of Sir Bryn Tarvel, so that was probably my highest pressured version of the Bach Guno Ave Maria. And then, of course, you've got Caccini's Ave Maria as well, and um, there are new composers now writing new settings as well. It's a piece that... I don't know, it's sort of timeless. There was another rendition I have on my Christmas album, and I forget now, but um, I sang a a duet version of Ave Maria with American tenor um, John Risen, which is on my Christmas album, and I really love that rendition too. There's so many, and and yes, I've sang many times in in churches over the years, and um, well, it's a very spiritual and perfect place to sing Ave Maria, really. Right. Now, for those that do not know, you are a child that was brought up with music in the home, including your mother, who was a professional at it, correct? Yes, my my mother was a concert harpist, so she knows the music industry very well, and it's lovely to have somebody there guiding me. Um, So music was in my life from a very young age, and my grandmother was as well was very encouraging that uh, I learn the hymns and arias of Wales and the Welsh folk songs, and things like Arhida North, which has become very popular in the States as well, all through the night, and um, renditions of Calon Lan, which is kind of considered our unofficial anthem in Wales. Um, and some some 
beautiful folk songs as well as well as you know the Irish ones we talk about Danny Boy and and uh, oh many others Wales has their own as well and often they're kind of nonsense songs but sometimes very beautiful as well so I sang from a young age and I was encouraged to compete in Eisteddfodau which is large um, cultural competitions that we have over here so cultural festivals where young children are encouraged to compete in classical singing and folk singing and musical theatre singing poetry reading as well and it's um, it kind of gave me a base for classical repertoire. I think I wanted to continue singing from there, really. Right, indeed. And I would like to let the people know that your music, Ellen Williams, has risen to number one on the classical charts. Now, was that was I reading somewhere that that was your very first single that you ever had out, or am I mistaken? I thought I read that was yes. the first time that you released a record and you went to number one instantly, and if so, wow, is all I can say. Oh, thank you. Yes, it was my first single, um, which was released during the, dis- well, the Christmas of the pandemic, so it was um, a difficult time for a lot of people and a, and a hard time, and um, it was a, a new lyric of a, one of our beautiful Welsh folk songs called Siogan, which was featured in Spielberg's um, Empire of the Sun film. Um, so people may know the melody, but I composed a new lyric to that folk melody that kind of reflected the year we'd all, all been through and if we'd lost loved ones and going through a difficult time. And I think people related with the song. So I was delighted to see it go to number one. Um, and uh, yes, no one can take that away from you. That happened. And it's uh, still one of my favorite pieces. Right. Now, I have a direct quote from you that I would like everyone to hear because it's very relevant. It's It's very important. These are your words. They're not mine. And let me tell our audience worldwide, Ellen, what you had to say. Here's what you said. And I quote, In these turbulent times, it seems that it's never been more important to be unified across the globe. With the war between Russia and Ukraine very firmly in our minds and continuing unrest in the Ethiopia, Yemen, Iran, Afghanistan, and throughout mainland China, we must all hope and pray that unity and peace can prevail at all costs. I hope this small contribution on my part in sharing this positive message with my latest single called World in Union can just serve as a little reminder to us all. The lyrics are so powerful, and while originally linked with sporting achievements, which we'll get to in a moment, it's so relevant for the world today. Ellen Williams. Now, you put that out for the people, and let's just explain what you meant at the end. You said, the lyrics are so powerful, and while originally linked with sports, Sporting achievements are so relevant for the world today. Tell everyone about your mom and this single world in union and sporting achievements because people in the United States, uh, most of us are not going to know that. I did not know that until I was informed by the record company about it. But So why don't you explain to us what's going on with this world in union and how your mom fits in there? Yes, well, I mean, I think the song just sends the ideal message, doesn't it? The, the perfect 
ideal and it's a beautiful lyric you have. There's a dream I feel so rare, so real. All the world in union, the world as one. And it and it really is, with everything going on at the moment, very relevant. And um, that's with the music video what we hope to achieve by putting me in these yellow dresses and having this yellow symbolism because we could have gone along the line of having the colour white there for peace, of course. But yellow is the kind of universal color of friendship and what we wanted as a tiny symbolism in the video was to use these yellow roses to be sending them across the world so as if you're sending out these messages of friendship across the world and hoping for this world in union but of course yes you mentioned that world in union as a song does have sporting history and sporting roots it was released originally in 1991 by Kiri Takanawa and was released for the Rugby World Cup as a song to represent the hopes and the you know the the main um, the main goals of the game and the release of the game and I always loved Kiri Zakanawa's rendition I heard it many times growing up and then in 1999 this is where my mother gets involved so she um, as a concert harpist played the introduction to the song on the harp in the Principality Stadium here in Wales the big stadium I think it holds about 74,000 people um, she played the harp before being joined by Dame Shirley Bassey and Sir Bryn Tadwell to sing the rendition and I remember sitting at home watching on TV as a very proud little girl and watching my mother play this song and I think that's why every time I've sang it in concert since then I've felt this strong emotional connection with the song and um, it's very special to me now to have my own rendition out there When people don't know and are not as educated in the classic as you are from being a Welsh classical singer. It's classical music. You're what they call a classical crossover soprano. You sing the high notes, and by the way, you hit the high notes. You do a fabulous job. (laughs) But does classical crossover soprano, does that mean, and believe me, I've been in this business, ma'am, enough to where I know what a crossover record is. I've seen acts crossover all the time, but a classical crossover soprano means, yes, you can sing the opera, indeed, but you can also sing maybe, what is it? Is it pop? Is it jazz? Is it rock? Where is the the crossover aspect of your career? The Christmas tunes, I wouldn't call that opera. You're, you're crossing over, oh, over there on your YouTube channel, for example. Every Everything on there is not classical opera, I don't think, or am I wrong? Explain where the crossover aspect of your career, uh, you know, what road that's going down so everybody understands it. That's exactly right. Well, you put it very well. Um, Classical crossover is sort of um, a term that's developed a lot over the past decade, I'd say. And it's taking songs from lots of different genres, really, and adding classical influences. So I will always sing with my voice, which is a classical voice, naturally. I think when I was younger and singing folk songs, my voice was very pure and lent itself well to be developed as a classical voice. So I will always sing in my voice. If I, It's very different, of course, if you are singing opera and you need to project the voice without amplification across the theatre. And if you're recording, the mic will pick up... Um, you know, every little nuance and aspect of the voice. But ultimately, it's a it's my voice and it's a classical sound that I make. So you can take songs from lots of different genres and, and songs that people will have 
have heard before and know and it's a it's a kind of more accessible way of approaching classical music so my rendition of Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah for example I posted a video of me singing classically on Facebook and it hit three million views because it's a song that people know and love fortunately people are open as well to hearing it done in a new in it you know hearing a different interpretation and uh, my song World in Union is um, it's a song that was taken from whole theme of the planet so that's a very classical piece where a lyric was written and composed to the theme that already existed and this and this song was created that has become very popular in the sporting world in the, for the Rugby World Cup so that's really what classical crossover is and, and these days we have great singers such as Josh Groban over there and Andrea Bocelli Catherine Jenkins Sarah Brightman and they're all doing this sort of style and making classical music in a in an accessible way that doesn't feel um, well I don't know how to it doesn't feel scary or it doesn't feel what classical music is typically known as I mean there's a lot of con- controversy over saying that you know people think opera for example is, is elitist and um, I know there's a lot of work being done to kind of undo that interpretation and, and make it feel more accessible for everybody Oh no I totally totally agree with that in fact let me clue you in on something ma'am we just tape in a advance our Christmas party show, which is one of the most important shows I do of the entire year. And I had a 32-year singer that was employed by soul artist James Brown. There was not a speck of classical in that show. She sings jazz. She sings funk. She sings a little rock and roll. She can sing pop. She can sing anything. I've never heard the young lady sing classical. That's just not her her forte. But we talked about her latest release as a single, which we're going to have on that show. And then you just a moment or two ago, you quoted some lyrics from your current single, which your mom played the harp on with Dame Shirley Bassey and the other gentleman there at the uh, uh, arena. And it's a song about bringing people people together about peace. And if I can go back where you were, this is the song that you're singing as your latest single. It says, quote, there's a dream I feel so rare, so real. All the world in union, the world is one gathering together, one mind, one heart, every creed, every color, once joined, never apart. And those lyrics are telling a story in your single right now, your latest single, World in Union, which is available anywhere that music is sold. And here is my friend with the James Brown Orchestra singing soul music, talking about the world as one, gathering together, everybody in unison, every creed, every color, every ethnicity, every religion. It makes no difference. She's putting forth the same message in soul that you are in classical soprano. Do you see how music, it by 
binds everyone. It can be elitist to some, but that's if you open your mind. It's basically, there are two records. I used to have a, a boss tell me once. He said, Rick, there are two records. I said, there are? What are they? He said, well, I'm going to tell you. There's a good one and there's a bad one. And what you're singing are the good ones. <laughs> Let me tell you, am I right? Well, absolutely. Music really does say it best. And it's and it's so universal. You know, that's that's why music can touch people and, and reach as far as it does and, and find people can share an emotional connection through song. To me, that's what releasing music is. As long as, you know, you're the storyteller. And if you can get across an emotion with your song and, and encourage people to feel something and connect with it, then you've done your job properly, you know. Absolutely. When I was a young kid, when John Lennon came over here with the Beatles to perform on Ed Sullivan's television show, and then, of course, with Yoko and his marriage and the breakup of the Beatles, he had his plastic Ono band, and how many of us throughout the whole world listened to those two sing, all we are saying is give peace a chance. And that was years ago. Mm-hmm. I was a kid at the time, ma'am. Is that not what you're saying today? Don't you think we ought to give peace a chance? Well, exactly. Perhaps the world leaders should uh, listen to it, listen to these playlists. Hey. <laughs> Boy, isn't that the absolute truth. Let me tell everybody where you've performed. Ellen Williams, ladies and gentlemen, is our guest today. She is at ellenwilliams.co.uk. Go to her website. You will see a stellar singer. I am delighted to have this lady that rose to number one on the classical charts. And what was that? I think that was the uh, iTunes. You were on the iTunes classical charts at number one. And here is what I want everybody to know. You have performed on international stages in many of the UK's prestigious concert halls, including the Royal Albert Hall, Cadogan Hall, Royal Concert Hall, Glasgow, Bridgewater Hall, the Wales Millennium Center, St. David's Hall. And you listen to this, although you mentioned it before, what an honor. You appeared for King Charles III in Buckingham Palace. Wow. And then you were also (laughs) the anthem soloist in the Principality Stadium. Now, isn't that the same stadium where your mother played the harp and it was Dame Shirley? Bassey and the other fine gentlemen that did their version in 1999 of the same single you have out right now today. Yes, it is. And uh, I was leading our national anthem for the first ever British Grand Prix of the World Supercross Championship. The atmosphere in this stadium was really incredible. Um, My mother and I shared some memories of getting ready. I think backstage is not really backstage, but you kind of change in the the players' dressing rooms and get ready to walk onto the pitch or the track and you have that excitement and, you know, we shared memories of of being able to to do the same thing there. I've dreamed of singing the anthem in the stadium for, oh, ever since I was a little girl and went to see my first rugby match in the stadium. So it really was a dream come true. I'm always open to hearing new covers and discovering new artists and that sort of thing. So, um, 
that's the beauty of how music continues to develop, really. You have some type of uh, association or you work with somebody from the television program over there, X Factor. What was that combination about, if you'd be as kind as to let me know? Somebody told me that you were involved with one of the X Factor people. I think uh, a few years ago now, I really enjoyed um, going on a national tour with Tridian who who had appeared on The X Factor and he'd done very well on the show I think um, he, I remember him singing a duet with Catherine Jenkins and uh, when he asked me to go on his UK tour I was delighted it, it was the first time where I'd kind of put my toe into this classical crossover field and he asked me to be a guest artist on his show to start with and we sang duets from Phantom of the Opera and towards the end of his tour he invited me to be his support act so that was my first taste really of performing kind of classical crossover music to large audiences. I loved it because I was able to use my kind of folk influences and um, Celtic background and d- deliver songs with a classical interpretation, which as I was saying earlier, that's sort of what that's what classical crossover is. Yeah, it was a very special tour. I really loved it. And it, that's what uh, encouraged me to follow this career now in, in recording music. You have been featured on award-winning international soundtrack. Your music is heard in Europe, the United States and Canada, Asia, Australia, South America, New Zealand, and throughout the entirety of the UK and Ireland, among other places. And when you tour, do the people ever come up to you who you have I guess you could say acclimated to the point where they have actually left the house, purchased a ticket, and come to hear a classical artist for the very first time, and they thank you for it. Has that happened to you? And if so, how many hundreds of times has that happened? Because I can really see you. I see you as an ambassador for classical music. Well, people quite often say, maybe on social media, they'll comment and say, I don't usually like classical music. I'm more of a diehard rock fan, but I loved your rendition of maybe World in Union or Hallelujah. They'd be one of the three million people who've heard that. And my my cinema releases of classical renditions of soundtrack have been heard by about eight million people since since last year now. So I often get told, oh, I'm, I'm not usually a classical music fan, but I love what you do. And, and in concert, um, I'd love to be with people afterwards. If I get a chance to sign a CD, if people ask me, then I'm delighted to. It's lovely to meet in person or even through messages. I think I said earlier, those who are enjoying the music, I just it's nice to hear and have some feedback and hear how they're connecting with it. Right. You mentioned Josh Groban a little bit ago. That was the very last mm-hmm. concert live that I've seen as I speak to you today. The last live concert I went to at the arena was Josh Groban, and we have a country and western act here in America, which is called Sugarland. And one of the gals in that group who sings, and boy, she's she does a good job. Her name is Jennifer Nettles, and it was Josh Groban and Jennifer Nettles solo from the country act Sugarland. And Jennifer come out and sing, and then Josh would come out, and then he brought her back. They sang together, then she sang alone, then she sang back. 
They work together as a pair on this country and Western girls with her gold lame dress. You know, the kind with those little mirrors that reflect all the light. You know what I mean? All oh, wow. solid gold working with Josh Groban, even a country and Western gal. If she keeps an open mind and she crosses over like what you do, she can work in multiple genres. And that, ladies and gentlemen, and Miss Williams, that is what I call a pro. I think the woman and Josh Groban himself are to be complimented for mixing the two together. That's why they say crossover. Do you agree with that? Oh, definitely. And I would have loved to have seen that concert. It sounds wonderful. Oh, absolutely. The Times said of you, quote, a vocalist of heart piercing sweetness. The Guardian said poise and promise, her voice agile with silvery charm. Seen and Heard International said soaring top notes by Ellen Williams. And yes, you've done the work yourself. Yes, you sing the notes yourself. But something tells me in the end, a pat on the back goes to your mom, obviously. But were there other family members in <laughs> Involved. Do you have other family in music other than mom? Um, not really. I have um, a lot of my family members that take up, you know, the amateur musicians and they take up instruments. But it's only my mom who really has done the music career. But I think uh, we're a family who enjoy music. We always have it on in the house. Or, you know, if we get together now at Christmas, there'll be music on all the time. And in uh, in my own house, actually, we, we listen to all types of music, my partner and I. Um, you know, I, I love listening to film music personally. I, I think I mentioned I love composing. John Williams, Hans Zimmer, Rachel Portman, Ennio Morricone, you know, these are my favorites to listen to. But my partner will put on Bruce Springsteen all the time. So um, <laughs> occasionally we're listening to that. We always have music on in the house. So I think I don't know where I'd be without it. <laughs> right. Very well. Your digital performances have been viewed over 8 million times. I think that you are just growing and growing and growing. And to be part of the team that is helping to promote you and to get some people to open their mind up and say, you know, this is the type of gal who can do the world a bunch of good with the message she has. And she's entertaining. She hits the right notes just because the human being listening is not an expert does not mean they can't appreciate what it is you're doing. And I want them to get out there, whether they're in America or whether they're across the pond, as we say, I don't care. Come out and see you when you're out on tour. And Lord Almighty, they'd be much better of a human being because of it, because you're fabulous. Oh, well, thank you very much. And certainly, let's put on a concert in Ohio, and then we can meet in person. <laughs> it is spectacular. Tell them, ma'am, where your new single, World in Union, that was released October 28th, 2022. We're about two weeks into it, so we're right on time with it. Where can they get the single? I believe it's available 
everywhere. Oh, thank you. Yes, World in Union is out now and it can be heard on all streaming platforms, iTunes, if you're a Spotify listener, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, it's all over the place. And my music video, which is kind of my artistic interpretation with the song, is, is available to see on YouTube as well. So I'd love for people to check it out and uh, I hope people enjoy the rendition. When is the next time that you're going out on tour, if you know? It's in the talks for next year. 2023 and 24 and I'm hoping to have some more concrete news to share with that very soon but um, I'd love to start touring again and, and meeting the people who are listening. Alright, now as far as this Bruce Springsteen partner you got here, are you educating that individual on classical? Is their mind locked in to only rock and roll? <laughs> No, I think uh, he very much enjoys the kind of music I'm recording now. Um, you know, he, he loves my renditions of um, cinematic pieces, but he is a diehard Bruce fan, and I would never, I don't, you know, I think Bruce will always come first, but that's okay. <laughs> I love his music too, so. <laughs> All right. Bruce Springsteen, he's from New Jersey, if you didn't know that. Yeah, just like uh, what Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons, they're from New Jersey mm -hmm. as well. So yeah, Bruce Springsteen, he's got a lot, a lot of fans. Uh, he sets the audience on fire live. They love his live show. He does. I went to see him once and he performs for hours. It's just incredible. Um, he's touring next year, I believe, so I'd love to go. <laughs> All right. Very, very well. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Miss Ellen Williams. She is our special guest today. She has released her single, World in Union, and it is available on her YouTube channel, Ellen Williams is all you've got to remember. Ellen Williams, World in Union. And that will be her most current YouTube video, I believe, which is her current single right now. She is a Welsh classical singer. She's a classical crossover soprano. Now, I'm going to stop right there. A classical crossover soprano, does that mean in the future, let's say Warner Brothers or someone brings you A, B, or C of a song and you say, you know what? This is not opera. It's not classical, but there's something about it I think I can do well with. Would you record such a piece? Yes. I mean, if it's a song that I can relate to and feel that I can share a message with the way I would sing it, then absolutely. I think um, I'm looking at Christmas music at the moment, and uh, I'll have a new Christmas single out very soon as well. Um, and when I was choosing this, I was thinking of songs like, um, you know, All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. I think that's Mariah's song. We leave that alone. Nobody can do that better. But <laughs> there are songs where you think, yes, I feel like I have something to share with that piece, and um, I'll give it a go. So certainly. Right. Rod Stewart. There's a man that's known for rock and roll. He's crossed over to pop many times. But you know what? He also put out a whole album of nothing but the big band era classics from the, the that he grew up probably listening to what his dad was listening to at the time. You know what? What's wrong with that? I've been in this business, ma'am, enough to tell you that the purpose of being in show business as I see it 
is to entertain the people and to put the bread and the butter on the table. And if you have a song that is not classical per se, it is not operatic per se, but it's something like the Christmas tune you just mentioned, and you say, I like it, it's got a good message, I think, and my record label thinks that people are going to enjoy this. You can make a good living doing exactly what it is you're doing now now in your chosen venue and the way you sing, but release a little of this, a little of that, and people, I think, will love you all the more for it. And I hope you don't mind my two cents worth in there, but I think it's just, you know, I I had Susie Quattro on here, for example. You know Susie Quattro. Everybody in England knows knows that she was known as rock and roll. We all know this. I grew up listening to Susie Quattro because my parents loved that. What's that song? Oh, uh, then she oh, she God, got with the guy the <laughs> from the darn um, uh, 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 a local band you had over there that was not really very popular in America. But she got with that guy and she did a pop number that crossed over. And it, my love is alive. And so it begins stumbling in. It was called. Remember that? <laughs> It was a pop single called Stumbling In, and it hit number one. And I will guarantee you, if you ask Susie Quattro, Susie, did you make a mistake going from rock and roll to pop when you recorded that Stumbling In, which was a pop single that hit number one? I'll bet you she, after she kicks you in the behind, she said, no, I don't think I made a mistake there at all. I think the people loved it. And you know what? I agree 100% with what she did. I think it's wonderful. And if you can cross over in that manner, God bless you, ma'am. God bless you. I hope you can do it many times. Oh, thank you. Well, wonderfully said. And I hope if any of your listeners aren't, uh, you know, strictly classical fans, I would love for them to have a listen to what I'm doing and see if they see if they like it. All right. Tell them about your website. Do you have uh, music available there? Or what if somebody wants any of your music at all? How do you recommend they do it? I know there's a variety of ways. Do you recommend Amazon? Do you recommend Spotify? I know it's on Spotify. This very short show that you're on right now that will be on spotify certainly it will and how would you recommend people get the song yes well my music is across all the digital streaming platforms so whichever is your favorite be spotify itunes it can be found there or um, i use my website as a landing page for to send links to everywhere which is ellenwilliams.co.uk and if you're somebody who prefers a physical cd then they can be found on my website and um, those who are, who have asked me to sign the CDs in the past, I've been delighted to sign them and add little messages. Leading up to Christmas now, I'm sending out um, quite a few every day with little personalised Christmas notes on them or two, you know, two friends, Merry Christmas, with love from Ellen. And um, if anybody fancies that or wants to have a look, then they can be found um, on the website as well. And they, they're shipped 
all over the world. <laughs> oh, very well. Now, is there a way if somebody goes to your website, which is ellenwilliams.co.uk, www.ellenwilliams.co.uk, if they go there, is there a way that they could write you and say, I heard you on the podcast, uh, I, I would like to ask you this, that, I would like to ask you, where do you get those beautiful dresses? You know, or whatever it is they're oh. going to ask, which is probably what they're going to ask. But is there a way they can get a hold of you via a, a note or a, a little card or something that they send you? Oh, yes, there should be. There's a little section to um, to write emails from the website. Or also, if you're on Facebook, you can send me a message on my page, which is Ellen Williams Soprano. Um, lots of people do that. And I, I do check it. It takes me a while to get get through everybody's messages but i i do try to respond to everybody because as i said it's it's lovely to hear who's enjoying the music so um i'll keep an eye out for any messages after the show okay the next album is it being recorded yet or are you just talking about it and i know you said you had a christmas thing you're working on what will be the next release after this world in union single that you have out now so with world in union out now um, my next release will be a christmas song it's the most wonderful time of the year and it really is the most wonderful time of the year that will be out in December um, and it'll be a nice, nice little nod to my Christmas album which came out last year called A Christmas Wish and after that um, World in Union has been taken from a larger uh, album of um, rousing sporting anthems and inspirational hymns which I'm working on for early next year so that'll be released next year and um, it has songs on there such as Amazing Grace which um I released a rendition of that on my Facebook page recently, and that had a million views in the first week. So people really liked that rendition, and that'll be on the album. And um, hymns like Abide With Me, Be Thou My Vision, which is an absolute favorite of mine, and um, and anthemic songs, You'll Never Walk Alone, and uh, of course, World in Union. Boy, isn't that the truth. And you know, I listened to Amazing Grace yesterday as well. That is up on your YouTube channel. Yes, it is. Yes. So the the track has been released as a video before before coming out uh, on the album next year. Wow. Very, very well done. Ladies and gentlemen, what an honor it is to have this stellar performer on with us today. She is just a sheer delight. And like I say, here's your new theme, Ellen. Classical music never looks so good. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Rick. I'll tell you what, I give it to, to you. I give it I give you the the slogan for free. You don't have to pay me a dime. <laughs> Oh. I'll see. Perhaps I'll start using it now. We'll see. <laughs> oh, my, oh, my. Thank you to Miss Ellen Williams, everyone. What a great, great guest. Check out her website, www.ellenwilliams.co.uk. This is Rick Flynn speaking. It's been fun, but I've got to run. On behalf of myself and the lady who was in where, oh my, in addition to all these other halls, Buckingham Palace for a performance for King Charles III. But he wasn't king at that time. What was he? Was he a prince? At the time, he was the Prince of Wales, yes. There we go. Oh, my, my, my. I, I just, I, I don't know. I think it's just marvelous. What a career. And you know what? You're just starting to scratch the surface. Your whole life is going to be about 
stellar achievement. I'm very proud of you, as is anyone else, including dear old mom. And congratulate me, too, because I'm the only one probably who's interviewed you who has not said, uh, Ellen, where do you get those dresses? Don't tell me. All right, I don't want to know. Save that for the women. (laughs) Save, Save that for the women. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Say goodnight, Ellen, and we're going to get out of here. Go ahead. Thank you so much, Rick. Lovely to chat, and good night to everybody listening. Thank you, everyone. A new show next Wednesday, and we'll see you then. Once again, Ellen Williams, our dear guest. Get up on YouTube at Ellen Williams and go to her website, ellenwilliams.co.uk, for this classical crossover soprano from Wales. Miss Ellen Williams. Good night, everyone. Bye now. Bye-bye. The proceeding was a Rick Flynn production. This is your announcer, Chantal Marie speaking.